Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. This is episode 35 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast, and I'm your host, Hugo Che. Sometimes we are so taken up with the latest camera or lens, with pixel peeping and with learning the latest and greatest blending technique for Photoshop, that we lose sight of some of the things that really matter when doing photography. I personally think that the greatest benefit that travel photography affords us is the joy of being there in the moment. If this is spoiled by having to fiddle with the complicated controls of the latest camera we bought that we didn't have the time to familiarize with and that we carried inside a heavy backpack to reach our destination, then it's maybe better to stay at home. I discussed this topic with the latest guest of the podcast, Viktor Elizarov, who has made simplification his mantra. Viktor is a travel and landscape photographer and educator for Montreal, Canada. For years he worked as a designer and uh, he took up photography in the latest decade and started a very popular travel photography blog for the traces. I hope you will enjoy my conversation with Victor and if you want to know more about the things we talked about you will find all the links in the show notes at ttim.photo slash 35. Enjoy! Hello Victor, how are you doing? Hello Olga, it's nice to be here. It's nice to be here. It's nice to have you here. I'm very, very happy that we we get to talk uh, to each other again after uh, after a few months. Uh, you were uh, my guest on a previous show that I used to do when we talked about uh, mirrorless cameras and so on. And today we will talk about equipment uh, again in the context of the, of travel photography, but we will also discuss other topics. And uh, so will not be. A repeat of the same talk we we already had. We got some news about you and so on. But first of all, uh, would you like to introduce yourself uh, to our audience so they know who is Victor Elizarov? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a travel photographer from Montreal, Canada, and I came to photography from world of design. So I work as a graphic designer for print in the beginning. Then when internet exploded, I switched to web. And um, uh, my latest job was uh, in broadcast design as a designer. Uh, and um, at some point, I uh, realized I wasn't happy, you know, like with like uh, creative restrictions of big brands, uh, style guides, endless um, revisions of the clients. And I started photography as a like, creative outlet, you know, mm. and slowly, you know, like over years, it became my uh, main job, you know, but it was gradual process, like over like five, six years. And did you start uh, with photography and photography led you to traveling or was it the other way around? No, it was, uh, it started with photography, you know, like, and um, it took me sometimes to figure out how it works and then just to realize uh, what I'm passionate about in photography. So, and slowly it uh, led me to travel. You, you said that these, um, your design work was very restrictive because you had customers and style guides and so on. And you feel like photography is more liberating. Don't you have 
customers in photography that ask you to something very restrictive again? Do you feel you are more free in that respect? Um, because in, in uh, my graphic design uh, life, you know, like I started as a freelancer and I ended up like working for like biggest brands uh, in the world, you know, like. and so I knew what to expect, you know, like so uh, when I decided to switch to photography, I intentionally, you know, like uh, I didn't want to work in like um, wedding photography or event photography because I knew uh, the smaller the clients, the more demanding they are, uh, more pressure you have. So I s- decided to select different path, path uh, leveraging my experience in uh, internet marketing through web, through my blog, uh, different path to photography. So, so nowadays you, you travel and you, you take photos either when you're traveling or uh, in your hometown, around your area. And w- you do that mostly for yourself or do you have uh, assignments? Do you have uh, client needs in mind when you go out and photograph? How does it work? Um, <laughs> my primary business is my blog. And my, mm, I put like most of my uh, efforts, you know, like... Um, building uh, a phototraces.com brand and um, develop my blog. Uh, a blog where I uh, post most of my uh, work, where I educate, and also I develop uh, um, photography-related products and I market them and sell through my blog. So, so you would say that your, uh, your photography mostly serves as a... Um as a way to illustrate your blog and to provide examples for people who want to learn uh, uh, techniques and, uh, and photography tips and tricks and so on? Uh, you see, for some photographers, for example, if you're a wedding or event photographer, uh, blog is really a, va- a valuable asset for you. But it's a marketing tool uh, to find new clients, to sell uh, like your talent. Yeah. In my case, it's opposite, you know, I um, use my photography to market my blog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As I was, uh, so it's it's a completely like a different way around, yeah, you know. Completely. And yeah. I I did it intentionally from the beginning. Yeah, you're you're. It looks like you're having a lot of success with your with your strategy nowadays. I think yeah, I got uh, a very popular blog, if I if I may say so, and and very interesting. So, uh, phototraces.com is that the URL, the address? Yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. So we'll, we'll put links in the show notes and where people can, can find more about, uh, about you and your photography. But l- let's talk a bit about, about travel. Do you have any um, interesting destinations, places you've been to recently that you would like to share some, some insights about those? <laughs> For me, my travel is driven by my photography. So... When I select like places uh, I want to visit, you know, like it's all started with the photography, with my research. And lately, I'm really fascinated with like American Southwest. So I spent maybe like last three years visiting, like going like uh, to Southwest, uh, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, and uh, California. So, mm-hmm. and you know, like after like three years, like. Um, 
I probably like drove like uh, for uh, twenty thousand kilometers over there. I can spend even like ten more years. So huge, it's so vast, it's so beautiful, you know. Like so, it's my latest fascination, you know. Yeah. So you, you'd say you are more of a landscape kind of travel photographer. You you go looking for gorgeous landscapes and vistas and uh, those kinds of. Uh, uh, opportunities that the American Southwest has to offer in, uh, in great quantity. I think in photography, you know, like uh, what motivates me is uh, um, it's like design because I mm-hmm. came from a uh, graphic design world, you know, like I'm looking for like sometimes like just beauty and sometimes for like interesting shapes, interesting color combinations. And I would say like... Um, Landscape represents maybe 50% of my photography, but I also love um, cityscapes, like architecture, like uh, bridges. Before Southwest, my like, biggest fascination was um, New York, because I'm lucky enough to be like, in a driving distance uh, from New York. So I spent like, a lot of like, time like, driving to New York and uh, just trying to find like, uh, interesting shapes, and it's not difficult in New York, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we discussed this recording, we we talked a bit about the the concept of simplicity, the idea of simplifying the photographers' lives, and uh, and you said that with your background in training in, in design, sorry, your training in design gave you an appreciation and uh, capability to um, to appreciate graphic design, uh, color spaces, composition, uh, and stuff like that, and and also Photoshop. But you found that the, the process of learning photography was overcomplicated, um, sometimes for for no good reason. Can you expand a bit what you mean yeah, by that? Absolutely, yeah. Because when I started in photography, you know, like I would say I had like pretty good background to learn photography. You know, like, like you mentioned, like. Uh, Understanding of composition, color spaces, color theory. Like I was like Photoshop was was my like primary tool in graphic design. So I wasn't starting from scratch, and uh, and it was like really steep like learning process. And I always uh, uh, thinking you know like about like regular people who had like zero like um, background in any art you know like, who start photography. It, it would be like really intimidating. And it took me probably like two years to be comfortable and just to understand like whole picture of photography. And I realized, you know, like I didn't have to like, it was like overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to like learn maybe half of stuff I learned, you know, like it was like absolutely not necessary, you know. Like. And now when I'm uh, starting to teach, I'm trying to teach through my experience trying to simplify the whole process not to complicate uh, uh, to look more important you know like as a photographer but it's opposite to simplify yeah. I'm um, yeah I'm big um, fan of like 2080 rules for like Pareto principle you know like so it states like uh, in any process like uh, 28 uh, 20% of uh, efforts bring 80% of results. All you have to do is find and learn this 20%. And I think so for most of the people who are uh, starting to learn photography, all they need is to learn only 20%. Yeah. And it will be enough. Yeah, so you mean that people should not agonize over small details of the, that, 
the technology and the technique of photography, but try to focus on, on what is really important. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to show people what is more important when you start. Yeah, so. yeah. Can, can you give some examples maybe? What, what do you think is that people should focus on and try to <laughs> keep other things uh, a little bit aside? I think the biggest obstacle, you know, like um, when people start in photography, it's equipment. So uh, people spend months and sometimes years organizing, you know, like what to buy. Yeah to choose the right uh, perfect uh, camera and lens combination plus something else you know like. uh, but um, uh, I want to like, uh, say about like this par- I call it like uh, photo equipment paradox I call it so when you start in photography you know like there is no photography without uh, equipment right so there is no like photography without camera or, and, or lens right yep but at the same time, uh, when you start, uh, the equipment is the least important part of the whole equation. Um, let me explain. Yeah. Uh, the top level goal when you want to learn photography is t- to fulfill um, your potential. That's all. You're not competing with anybody. You're just trying to fulfill your potential. And when you start... Um, your potential is filled maybe, let's say, 10%, you know. So you have, like, 90% to go. And when you buy an entry-level camera uh, with a kit lens, $600, let's say. So it can help you to go up to, like, 50% of your potential before it becomes limiting factor and you have to buy a better camera. So, and it doesn't matter if you spend 600 bucks or 10000 bucks. The limiting factor is still your skills. So... There's absolutely no point spend more than six hundred dollars when you start in in photography, and now with like globalization and uh, technology, six hundred dollars from any manufacturer will give you like perfect tool to learn photography. Yeah, so it's it's more important to invest in uh, in good learning. I would say you know like you don't have to even like think about equipment. You you have six hundred dollar budget. You buy Canon. Nikon, uh, Fuji, doesn't matter, Olympus, you'll be set for a year or two. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. I see so many endless discussions on, on forums and so on about whether is this is the new version Mark II of this camera so much better than the old one that it justifies spending so many dollars more or should I just switch to a completely different brand because this one doesn't do the right beep when it focuses or, or something equally silly <laughs> it's uh, sometimes you know, like people are so focused on, on gear I call it uh, wife's iPhone syndrome yeah. You know, like it's normally guys, you know, like who's, who spent like enormous amount of money of, in equipment for no reason. And after spending like $5,000, they realize uh, his wife is taking better pictures with her iPhone. Mm-hmm. So, this <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you had your own, uh, your own path, your own uh, down this road. I mean, you started with... Uh, a certain kind of uh, equipment and attitude, and then you, you tried to progressively simplify your way of taking pictures and your way of processing them. Can you uh, expand a little bit on that? Yeah, like after two years, when I like uh, realized, you know, like I, I learned like big picture in photography, 
I just uh, intentionally started to simplify every aspect of it. You know, like for example, like my first steps was like um, I drop uh, grad filters. You know, like I realized it's much easier for me. You know, like to create grad filter effect in Photoshop or Lightroom. I drop like uh, um, remote releases because I can use like two seconds delay. You know, like easily. You know, like. Mm. Even I love my like um, uh, tripod. Uh, I I learned how to like uh, um, take pictures in, even in like complex situation, you know, like without tripod. So and but the biggest, you know, like mm-hmm, uh, simplification, you know, like event happened when I switched from Canon DSLR to mirrorless Sony mirrorless. That was huge. Mm-hmm. What was the, the the reasons for the change and and how you feel after having made the switch? Uh, it's just you know like a lack of innovation in like uh, in Canon like uh, strategy you know like yeah. so it was like in- incremental incremental uh, upgrades like year after year and I was looking to like murals uh, like companies you know like they innovating like crazy you know like so. And also, you know, like, when I check like size and weight of like mirrorless cameras, I, I was sold right away. Yeah. So, and uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead if you. Uh, yeah. Anything. To and add. you know, like uh, I was choosing between like uh, full frame Sony and APS-C like crop sensor, and you know, like I intentionally uh, picked uh, APS-C, and I have no plans of like upgrading to full frame because it's. Not only camera, but also like combination with lens. It's so small, it's so compact, you know. Uh, for example, uh, my um, uh, wide angle zoom lens, 10 to 18, weights 180 grams and it's tiny. So I can take it uh, with me on like any demanding hikes, you know, like to put any like backpack or like even like uh, my pocket, you know. Like. And the same, you know, like my favorite lens, it's um, my walk-around lens, it's uh, Sony 1670, mm-hmm. amazing range, and it's 220 grams, you know, and it produces like pretty good quality. And that lets you more easily reach some, some locations where that require hiking long distances or uh it's, it's everything, you know, like, uh, I don't attract any attention, you know, like, I blend with the tourists, you know. Like mm-hmm. When I go to Yosemite, for example, it's always crowded, you know, like, place. And I can blend with, like, tourists, you know, like, and it's one thing. Another thing, you know, like, like packing uh, and um, hiking, it just simplifies everything. Do you ever get that... Uh person who looks down on you because they are carrying big DSLR full frame gear and they look at you with the with the air of saying are you shooting with that <laughs> yeah at some point maybe you know like when I switched like a year ago uh, but now uh, photographers DSLR shooters they understand you know like when they yeah. see Sony with Zeiss lens you know like they understand you know like they kind of envy now it's much more common now to yeah to use smaller equipment, and uh, this this drive towards simplification. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, dropping the uh, GND filters for people who are uh, 
and maybe not familiar with the term, can you explain what is a GND filter, why it might be useful, and why do you think you can do without them? No, it's probably like most popular like uh, piece of equip- equipment among like um, landscape photographers. Uh, g- uh, graduated filter, you know, like when you you can make sky darker because like normally when you shoot landscapes, uh, you have like really wide dynamic uh, range. You know, like you have bright skies and dark um, uh, mm-hmm. foreground uh, mm-hmm. foreground elements. You know, like and you can. Uh, make sky darker and uh, making like dynamic range like narrower you know like so it's really really useful uh, uh, piece of equipment but i can do pretty much the same in uh, lightroom yeah much faster you know like and um, uh, but you need to to take some special precautions in that case like you you shoot bracketed shots and so on um I always bracket my shots, you know. In the beginning, you know, like it was like uh, probably like most useful advice I received when I just started, you know. Like I wasn't confident, you know, like I didn't know what I did not know what I was doing, you know. Like and one of my friends told me just bracket all your shots and like learn. And yeah. I've been bra- I've been bracketing since, you know, like and now, you know, like <laughs> the uh, side benefit of bracketing, you know, I can go to my 10 years old photos and um, process them as HDR because I have like all brackets, you know, for all my shots, you know. So. Yeah, and software is getting better every day. So if you Absolutely, yeah. prepare for, uh, I mean, we, we are moving a lot of the work from the field and the camera to the, the Lightroom, um, the digital darkroom, so to speak, which, I mean, can be a good thing, can be a can be a bad thing everyone can have their their own opinions i'm i'm still uh, of the idea that it's better to get it right in the camera but that doesn't mean that you should not exploit all the tools you have available like uh, like digital uh, processing software be it lightroom uh, photoshop capture one or whatever so so yeah that that's definitely um uh, something that i do too yeah because you know like i realized when i started to travel extensively that Time and space are precious, mm-hmm. so I better spend on like taking picture pictures, than you know like of setting up equipment and whatever you know like I can shift everything to post processing. You know like my goal right now to collect as much information as possible from the scene, and I can I can process this later. And speaking of processing, you have developed your own. Uh Workflow for processing and uh, your own tools. Uh, can you uh, explain a little bit yeah. how do you work in the in the digital darkroom? Yeah, it was kind of like crisis, you know. Like after I switched to um, Sony mirrorless, and um, my brand new camera like had bigger sensor, it's twenty four uh, megapixels. Yeah. Plus, I started to take more uh, more photos. You know, like I started to go to more. Uh, to longer like travels, you know, like and it's, an, um, for example, when I come from like two weeks travel, I can bring up to like five thousand uh, new photos, you know, like and I at some point I realize I'm just drawing in like my images, you know, like so Lightroom even is becoming like more advanced, it's becoming slower and slower, you know, <laughs> so and I just realized I had to like change my 
completely changed my workflow to adapt to my travel. So, and I started by analyzing uh, my editing uh, habits and techniques, you know, like, and what I realized that uh, uh, they depend on my, the way I take pictures. And I take pictures like as normal photographers, you know, like I set exposure for skies, uh, for highlights. Um, and it means like uh, my foreground and uh, shadows area are underexposed. So when I um, load the image in Lightroom, I, I always start, you know, like I um, uh, open up shadows. If necessary, recover highlights. I set graduated filter for my skies. I boost saturation and uh, vibrance and contrast clarity, and it no in it normally like uh, results in um, oversaturated skies. So I shift, uh, I desaturate only blues. Then you know like I want to make sure my like grass or like vegetation is not uh, electric green. Yep. So I shift all greens towards yellow. And then, you know, like, uh, I apply vignetting, and at the end, you know, like, some sharpening and noise reduction. You see, it's exactly the same steps I repeat for every image, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's between 20 and 30 steps. And I thought if I record all the steps as a preset, I can re- reuse them again and again. So, but uh, the problem was, you know, like you probably know, you know, like when you use like presets, they work with like specific images normally Mm -hmm. and they don't work like with any images. Uh, And when you, when I analyzed, um, I I understood that uh, the problem was different lighting conditions. So, preset. Uh, well-built presets, they work with like uh, proper, properly exposed images. If image slightly underexposed or overexposed, you'll get completely different effect. Mm-hmm. So, it means if you set uh, adjust pr- exposure in Lightroom, you can uh, use like pretty much any uh, presets. So I separated my, my pr- pr- like uh, my light uh, room. Uh, preset-based uh, editing in like two steps. I created style presets and adjustment presets. So the workflow, I apply style preset and then using uh, adjustment presets, I adjust uh, exposure, uh, shadows, contrast, um, saturation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have, you have a set of presets for which are very well suited for a particular type of subject subject or scene and you choose which preset to use depending on the, the mood you want to impart to an image or uh, for the style and then depending on maybe the contrast you have in the image or the, the the subject the saturation that you want you will apply adjusting adjustment presets is that is that what i'm yeah uh, yeah I tried to cover like different aspects of like travel photography. So my t- three primary like uh, sets: uh, landscape, uh, then cityscapes, and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending on the scene, I use a different set of presets. And um, if it's landscape, I go through my lands- uh, landscape presets. I pick like the best uh, style I like, and then I use like toolkit. It's adjustment presets 
just to adjust like lighting and the shadows, you know. Like. Mm-hmm. So it allows me to process like ninety percent of my photos uh, without touching right panel of Lightroom, where like main tools are. So I can use like preset based um, uh, editing. Uh, in like five, six uh, maximum like clicks, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it saved me enormous amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I call this my approach uh, Lightroom Rapid Editing. And so it's, it's more than the typical collection of presets. Uh, it's, uh, I would say, a complete workflow solution. Exactly, yeah. And... Um, uh, <laughs> When I, I was happy with the result, when I started to use like um, my approach on a regular basis, I decided to share it on my blog, and <laughs> I created this approach only for speed. But user of my blog, they found different ways of using this approach, you know, because I have a lot of uh, newcomers, like beginners photographers, you know, like so. The way they use my presets, they up, uh, they create uh, looks they like. And they reverse engineer all my presets. They learn, uh, they learn um, Lightroom by using my presets. I never expected, you know, like it wasn't uh, intention, you know, my t- intention. And my advanced uh, uh, photographers, you know, uh, they use my uh, preset um, as a foundation uh, for creating their own presets. The presets reflect their personal style. So and some photographers like myself, uh, they use this approach for speed. Yeah, and uh, you are uh, giving away some of those presets for free on your website, right? Yeah, and uh, I have like mm, travel uh, preset collection. It's absolutely free. Uh, you can download it at um, phototraces.com front slash free. Yeah. We will put a link again in yeah. the, in the blog post so people can who are interested in that can can go and have a look and it's it's completely free you no know, no strings attached so they they can try them and if they like they can as you said can even use those to to build their own preset and uh, absolutely yeah and supplement their own workflow and there's no it's not patented so yeah <laughs> and use it free yeah. if you like them just let me know you know like how you use them yeah. I would like to know. So what's uh, what's coming up next for you? Any new trips you have planned this year? What's what's coming up for summer? Because uh, uh, Canada is kind of like <laughs> winter winter heavy country, you know. Like yeah. so, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful in summer. So I try to arrange uh, all my travels uh, around like Canada and uh, east coast um, of U- U- U.S. So. I'm planning like extensive trip to Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. I want to visit uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PI, Prince Edward Island. Some beautiful places. Yeah, that's my. So we'll we'll be looking forward to to your photos on your blog when you when you come back and uh, and how you process them. <laughs> you will share. You 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 typically do a reg- regular or semi regular posts when you. Show a photo, uh, how it was taken, what was the, how did it look straight out of camera, and how it looked after you processed it, right? 
Yeah, I call the series uh, deconstructing photos. You know, yeah, and I think it's, 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 yeah. it's very instructive because people never mind what if people like the the final result or not. They can see the steps that you took to achieve that specific result, and then try to apply them to their own photos. And I think you also give the the original raw files uh, for for download for people who want to experiment. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. For for some of the photos, if it's part of my portfolio, I would never like share yeah, it. But, I mean, uh, you would not <laughs> give yeah. everything away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 sure. So that, that's that's very generous of you, and so I will uh, encourage people again to check out your website. And um, yeah, we're about to to wrap this conversation up. Uh, it was all about uh, simplifying the the process of taking and processing photos. And I think it's, uh, uh, it's it's very important in this time when um, we have so many things to do and uh, so many things to, to think about. And as you said, sometimes people are just overcomplicating things. And we can go back to a simpler approach to photography, maybe. Simplify everything. Yeah. So I, I would like to, to thank you for uh, pointing this out to, to our audience and... Uh, and again, it's been very, very interesting. And uh, thanks for being with us today. Any Anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up? No, it's pretty much everything. Thanks a lot, Hugo. It and was a great conversation. Okay. And talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>